0: Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life changing message. Uh, Greetings again, Brothers, in the name of the Lord. We're coming to you. Amen from the Upper Room Church family. Uh, Thanking God for blessing us to be here uh, in the land of living on the beautiful Lord's Day. Well, we do going get right on into our uh, de- devotional, well, But we did our devotion right into our church service. That's just a to make all of you feel welcome, make you feel loved and take a break off and feel comfortable. Amen. And come and walk with me as we go through, uh, the word of God on this beautiful morning. Well, uh, if you got your Bibles, those of you that do, let me give you the scriptures that I'm going to go over, Um uh, that we're going to get to. I got three scriptures on. Uh, let me give you those three. So if I don't get to all three of them, you can go over them in your study time. During so your devotion, you can go back and play it. Okay? So uh, the first scripture, we're going to be coming out of the book of Revelation. Revelation, the second chapter, verse 1 through 11. I hope I'm not going too fast for you. But that'll be Revelation, the First, the second chapter that is, the second chapter, verse 1 through 11. We'll go through those verses. Uh, The second scripture will be St. John, the 14th chapter, verse 15. St. John, the 14th chapter, uh, verses 15. And then we will skip down to verse number 21 in the same chapter. Okay? 14 and 15, then I'll skip down to verse 21. Uh and in the same book again will be uh, St. John 15 chapter. St. John 15 chapter, verse 10. Try to get to that And my last book will be St. Matthew 24 and 12. So that's one, two, three. Uh, that's four scriptures that we're going to try to get to. So if you don't get to all four, you have them wrote down. And you can reflect and look at them during your the, uh, morning devotion at all uh, times uh, during the course of the week. Alright, uh, let's get right into the Word of God. Welcome this morning uh, in Revelation, the second chapter. Uh, this particular chapter here in Revelation is, uh, I'm sure you've heard of, I know you've heard of uh, the, the seven churches of age of mind. Well, nothing to do with all of this seven church of Asia on this morning. And God has a message to each and every one of the church uh, that's in Asia Minor, uh, A message to the angel of the church, to the star of the church. We have a message for him. And but we just going to deal with today the message that God had to the church of Ephesus. This particular church that I want to deal with that he had uh, a message for them. Well If you look right down in verse number two, uh, verse chapter two, verse number one, that is, uh, we get right on down into our uh, study today. Uh, In verse one, says, "Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things: said he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks." Well, this is what the Lord said. Uh, to the church of Ephesus. He said, Now unto the angel of the church, also not wonder who in the world uh, is the angel of the church. Every church, every leader, every organization has a leader and uh, an overseer, uh, someone that's in charge. And so the Lord is addressing this church here in Ephesus and is addressing the church by saying, uh, unto the angel of the church. So the angel of this particular church and every church would be the overseer, would be the pastor. So that's a great honor uh, to be privileged, to be represented, and looked upon as the angel of the church. Okay, so it's very important that you pray, brothers and sisters, for the angel of your church, who will be of your church. That's the angel of the church. He's the leader. Pray for himself. So, but God got a message to the, the leading. So the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? Here's what he said uh, he, These things, he that holds the seven stars, the one that is speaking is God Almighty. And God is saying, I hold the seven stars. And so the seven stars is representing the angels, the seven angels, which is the seven pastors. So the seven stars, all the seven angels. And the angel is the angel and the star is one of the same they will be the same person the angel, of the church will be the pastor, the star would be the pastor okay he said but no he said, these things that he that holds the seven of stars in his hand this is this is very very important this is why it's so important to pray for your your leader your pastor, your holy spirit, your, your bishop, whoever in charge of that particular congregation. this is why it's so important to pray for him because God said uh, he that holds the seven star in the right hand, see, the pastor and the leaders of that facility, we are in God's hands. And and whenever uh, God decides to uh, remove us or replace us, uh, he can do this. So God controls uh, the thoughts in the minds of the pastor. So, I, so it's important that we don't refer our pastors so much, that we have great respect for our leaders because. God deals directly with us. We're in His hand. And uh, He has control of our minds, our heart, and our thoughts. And, and He tells us which way to go. Uh, even the Lord said, He said, I'll guide you with my eyes. But the Lord wants me to go over here. All oh, He got to just look over there. And then I find myself going the other way. Uh, because He guides us and instructs us with His eyes. And so He said uh, to the angel of the church and to the seven stars. He that holds the seven stars in the right hand. And this is the why it's so important. Thank you, Ella Day, for, for, for mentioning that and saying, uh, uh, God bless our leaders, our, the president, the governors, and those people that are elected officials and some authorities. This is why it's so important. Uh, the scripture said the king's heart is in the Lord's hand. God controls the king, he controls the president. And uh, he sets them up, he sets one up, and he takes one down. And so the king's heart, Pastors, these people in the charge, uh, that over God's people, God got us in his hand, his right hand. He know when to uh, uh, put us up. He know when to take us down. It's very important that we pray for our elected officials. And uh, so he said, uh, they are in my right hand. They said, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, the seven golden candlesticks is the church. This candlestick represents the church. The church is a light. Can you know a candlestick is? Uh, uh, it, it gives light. A candle does. You light the camera and it gives light to the room. Well, God is using that analogy uh, for the church as a candlestick. On uh, sitting, it sits on a high hill. Can't be hid. Uh, you don't light a candle or put it under a bushel. So it's all to give a light. God's church, the church of God. It's in the earth, uh, God's institution, that's in the earth to shine a light in a, to a dark, dark world. So the candlestick is the church that gives light, and the seven stars are the pastor, and the angel of the church also is referring to the pastor. But notice verse number two, he said, here's what he's saying. This particular message is to the church of Ephesus. God has a message to every church, to all the churches. Now, there's only one church. There's different location here, there, where it might be, but there's only one church—a universal church. We have different assemblies. We set up everywhere all over the world. All over the world. churches everywhere, on every corner. But there's one church—the church is the body of Christ. But no, he said, uh, uh, "This is the message to the church, and God is talking to the pastor." Let him know something in verse two. He said, uh, uh, "I know thy works." So God said to the church, to the angel of the church, who's the pastor?" He said, "I know your works." So brothers, God knows what we're doing each and every day. He knows it. He said, "I know thy works, and I know your labor. I know how hard you're working in the kingdom of God. I know you're doing kingdom work. God knows. Don't you think that He don't? He says high, but He looks low." And he knows exactly, he knows exactly what we are doing. He knows exactly what we are doing. And so he's saying here, uh, I know thy works, I know your labor. And then he said, and how thou not bear them which are evil. So he's saying, I know you can't stand people that are of evil reputation. They had a problem with that in that day and time. Uh, Dealing with evil people, evil, corrupt men are everywhere. Our world today is filled with evil men, corrupt men. They're everywhere trying to destroy uh, the body of Christ, trying to destroy God's people. And so he said to the the pastor and to the church, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. Yes, and truly, you have to be patient in this business. God said, I know your patience. patient, how patient you are. And I know how thou cannot bear them that are evil. Those of us that are righteous, we have a problem with people that aren't right, people that got evil and wrong motive. If we are spiritual at all, you have a problem, spiritual, indi- spiritual righteous indignation with things that are not right. You can't bear those that are evil. And then he goes on and says, and thou has tried them, which say that they are apostles. They're and, and, and are not, and have found them liars. You know, in that day and time the early church had a problem with people saying that they were apostles. You know, the Lord only chose uh twelve disciples. Later he made them turn them into the apostles of the Lord. And later he chose one other which was Paul. Paul was the last apostle that was chosen and called by God to do this great work and carry this great work on. And so, even after the, the 12 original, and Paul later made 13, after the 13 original apostles, there were men who rose up. And then, after that, you know, the, the, the Lord died and gave his life and went on back to glory. After that, there were men who came on the scene who uh, uh, claimed to be apostles said that they was apostles and uh, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he said right here, uh, which, that, which they say they are apostles and are not. And you found them to be liars. So you're going to have, you're going to have uh, imitators out here. People saying they're something and they're really not. Nowadays, everybody you meet, they, they're an apostle. They're a prophet, they're apostles. And no, that's not to be, I'm not against apostles, not against prophets. Not against these spiritual leaders, but everybody wants to call themselves an apostle. Well, apostles, you ha- they have to be tested to know whether or not they are true apostles of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? Uh, he said, You you found them, you tried them. See, we don't try apostles today. And somebody said, Well, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle so and so. You just accept them as their word. Okay, you're an apostle, okay. There's no test, there's no proving, there's no, there's no anything. You just accept them as whatever they say. Okay, but we shouldn't do that. These people should prove themselves that they are truly apostles of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you dare try, and you found them to be light. Now, verse number three, he goes on and says, And has borne, and has patient, and for my name's sake, has labored. And has not faint. And God look at everything that we have done in the body of Christ, in the ministry, in this 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 work, this kingdom work. What we're doing now, this is kingdom work, trying to encourage God's people to hold on and don't give up. Stay strong. Keep the faith, my brother. Keep the faith, my sister. Hold on. This is kingdom work. This is spiritual work because the devil is busy, brothers and sisters. Oh, yes, he is. He's in full force. He, he he turned it up a notch because he knows that he only has just a short time to work. So he's after God's people. He's after them. And so he said now, he said, uh, God said, I know your labor. And I, I, and he said, I know that you have not fainted. So many of us are falling by the wayside. So many of us are getting tired. God people are getting tired. Amen. But the job or the task for the 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 angel of the church that throw out the lifeline to these people, that they might be able to pull themselves up, that they might be saved through the word of God. You have not fainted. I will not faint. Oh, no, not at all. Didn't say I don't get tired, but I will not faint. I will not throw in the towel. But check out verse number four. Even though God said, I know your patience, I know your works, I know your label, I know you don't like uh, uh, false Uh, uh, Pretenders people say they are What they're not I know you have a problem with that And I appreciate all the hard work you've done For the body of Christ I appreciate that you did not faint But God said in verse number 4 Check this out Nevertheless I have somewhat against you This is what God is saying To the church of ethnicity Now God recognized That this church You had a lot of good things going for you Your patience your labor, your hard work, trying to build the kingdom up. All this was good. You'd have them saying God recognized that. Pointed out all that. Good stuff that you've been doing for the body of Christ. But no, God said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Have anybody ever told you, I want to have a talk with you. I got something against you. Uh uh, uh, uh you, I, I got something we need to talk about. Uh uh, I'm I'm upset with you. If anybody ever told you those words, I'm upset with you. We we need to talk. Well, this is what God is saying to the church of AIDS, uh, Ephesus. He said, I got I got something I gotta to talk to you about. You've done know some good things, but 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 there's something, something that uh, about you that you're doing that I don't like. And uh he said, Nevertheless, never, I have somewhat. What what is it? Somebody said, well, what is it, Lord, that you have against me? And it's good. You know, it's nothing but the blessing of God that God will point out to each and every one of you what it is about us that he don't like. And he does it all the time through the ministry, through the preaching of the word, through the, through the teaching of the word, and through the reading of the word. God is pointing out to us things about us that he don't like. He pointing out to the church of everything what he don't like. He said, I, 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 I like all the other things, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. But what is it, Lord, that you have against the Church of Ephesus? What is it? Thank you. Here it is. Because thou hast left thy first love. This is what God told Ephesus. I have something against you because you have left your first love. Well, what was your first love? What was the Church of Ephesus' first love? See, that first love was God Almighty. The first love was the Lord Jesus Christ. They 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 were in love with God. You know how you felt when you first Heard about the gospel when you first gave your life to Jesus. You know how excited you were. You know how uh, on fire you were. How the enthusiasm that ran through your body, through your mind, the energy that you had to want to try to serve the Lord and try to please Him. Well, God said that energy that you had, and when we first met, when we first came together, that energy, that enthusiasm that you had. It's gone. What happened to it? That's what I have against you. The enthusiasm, the energy, the love, the excitement, the desire that you had when you when we first met, when we first came together, it's gone. And so when I look at the churches today, I look at God's people, a lot of the love is it's gone. A lot of the enthusiasm that they had with God is gone. People don't want to go to church no more. They're not really interested in God anymore. They don't really want God until they get in trouble, until something catastrophic happens. You know, uh, something big happens. Something shakes them up in their family. They lose some loved one. They lose a family member. They lose a job or lose something so dear to them. Then they really realize that, hey, uh, what's going on? Am I doing something wrong? Is God angry with me? This is when we wake up and come back, we want to come back and uh, uh, to God. But hear what God is saying to these people. i got something against you, and what it is, you left your first love. And brothers and sisters, this message to the church of Ephesus is to each and every one of us on today. Let's strive that we do not want God to have a, a lot of problems with our love walk with him. And so the church of Ephesus, God was reproving them because they're declining in love. We don't want our love to decline I love God today just as much as I did yesterday and the day before. Matter of fact, my love for Him is increasing each and every day as the world gets worse and worse. My love for God is growing stronger and stronger because I know I need Him the more. And so, Ephesus, their love for God was declining and God was calling their hand, calling them out on this. He said, I got something against you. You're doing a good work, but let I have somewhat against you. So brothers and sisters, just like God got something against Ephesus, God can have something against you and I, but it's up to us. It's our job to make sure that we are doing God's will, that we are reading our word, that we are practicing our word, that we are practicing uh, living a Christian life each and every day, that we're living a life that the Lord told us to live. He said, No, nevertheless, because thou had left thy first love. And this is what Ephesus had done. They was living their first love. The the love that they had for God's word. See, we have to love, we have to have that love, that yearning for God has to be in each and every one. I I point today that this yearning to go after God will be in your heart uh, more than ever before. Every man, every woman, every boy, and girl—that there, there come a time in your life that there's something in you to want you that that that, that propels you and forces you to want to seek after God. And we, I pray that spirit be in our young families, our, our the millenniums today. It seems like we have to really pray for our millennium because they all going another the way. They don't have that yearning, that burning to go after God. They're going after the world is the thing that the world has to offer. So I pray for you seniors, you, you, you middle-aged folks. Uh, as one lady told me, she said, some of y'all are under the hill. I pray for you. And some of y'all on top of the hill. I pray for you. And some of us are going down in here. I pray for you that you stay strong, brother and sister, and that your love do not decline for God, and that your love always be strong. The Bible talks about our faith. Increasing. I pray God that your faith will increase more and more each and every day. So God told him, I got some against you. You left your first love. You decline. You don't love me like you used to. You don't seek me like you used to. You don't read like you used to. You don't pray like you used to. Some some we don't fast. We we don't, we never push our plate back and go on fast for uh or some someone sick or fast for something that we need. I never will forget, years ago, an old lady told me uh, she was having some problems. She wanted to quit smoking uh, cigarettes. And the doctor had gave her some bad news and I told her that she needed to give those cigarettes up. And this lady told me she can't quit. She want to quit, but she can't. I said, you can do it, ma'am. You can do it. All you got to do is fast and pray, and you can do it. You can give it up. And that lady took my word for what I said. She began to push the plate back and go on a fast little by little. She fasted about those cigarettes. She fasted about it and prayed about it. And lo and behold, one day she came forth and she had the testimony that she was able to give up those cigarettes uh, for life. And she did. And she never smoked another one. And so what I'm saying is we we, we don't, there's a lot of things in our life that we want to, that we not satisfy whips. To remove them things, you're going to have to read your words. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to stay, stay before God. And every now and then, you're going to have to fast. Fasting is not a bad thing. I'm not talking about fast food now. Like, we need to stay away from that as much as we can. But but we, every now and then, you got to fast and pray about some things, brothers and sisters, to break some yoke, to break some chain, to get some things that you want in life. You don't have to eat everything. You will not die if you miss one meal. No, you will die. You matter of fact, you can miss a meal or two. You will not die. And, you, and you're doing it as a sacrifice, getting God's attention that you need his help in your life to overcome something that you need to get away from. And so the church of uh, uh, Ephesus had stopped doing these things. And God said, I got somewhat against you because you have left the first look. Look at verse number five, reading on. He said, remember, therefore, from which thou art fallen. And sometimes we got to remember from which we came. Some people, they, 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 their lives have changed. And sometimes uh, you may be the last one, brothers and sisters, that know that you changed. Everybody else can look at you and say, he changed. She changed. Uh, She's not like she used to be. He, 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 he used to didn't do that. Uh, I, I can see a change in him. And sometimes we be the last one to know that we change. the folk can see it, and we be the last one to change. But here he said, verse 5, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. Remember where you fell from. And God said, and repent and do the first work, or else I will come unto you quickly and will remove the candlestick out of this place. Now remember, I said the candlestick is the church. So God said to the church of Ephesus, you remember from whence you've fallen and repent quickly or else I will come quickly and remove the candlestick. And so God is telling the church of Ephesus, if you don't repent of, of of this wickedness that you have done and get it out of the system and get back to basics, get back to reading your word and get back to your first love. The Lord told Ephesus, if you don't, I will remove the candlestick, which is the church. So God told the pastor of the church of Ephesus, if you don't get your house in order, I'll remove you from being one of the church, seven churches of Asia. So then there would just be six churches of Asia and God would leave you out. You don't want to be left out, bro. You don't want God to remove you. You, 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 Somebody else take your place. So this is a condition that God is putting before them. Repent of what's going on in your life and get back to basics. If you don't, God, I will remove the candlestick and the candlestick is the church. If you do not want to be removed. We don't want to be removed, brothers and sisters. So we got to make sure we are standing on the word and the promises of God. He said, "Accept thou repent." Verse number six there. But this thou has, thou has, thou has, thou has the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Now this was the problem with the church of uh, Ephesus. They had the deeds of the Nicolaitans, and, uh, and which I also hate. God hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, and the Church of Ephesus was adapting the deeds uh, of the Nicolaitans. And what were the deeds of the Nicolaitans? The deeds of the Nicolaitans were the same deeds uh, that, that Balium taught B-A-L-A-A-M, Balium in the Old Testament. They had the same doctrines, the same teaching, and the Church of Ephesus was adopting the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And the doctrine of the Nicolanta was, uh, you don't have to do all that to be saved. They didn't believe that you have to do everything that God said in his word. It would not affect your salvation. In other words, they didn't think that uh, immorality and uh, all the things that God said in his word would affect your salvation. Or oh, You really don't have to do everything uh, like God to be saved. I know God said, God said to us, he said, be holy. He said, live a good life. He said, uh, uh, obey my word. Brothers and sisters, have have, have you, uh, all of us I know have been told, your mom told you, okay, take out the trash. Do you think she not mean that? Okay, your mom told you, clean your room. Do you think she not mean that? Your mama told children, okay, wash the tub out after you take a shower, after you take a bath. Do you think she just talking in vain? You, mean, you think she don't mean that, brothers and sisters, where I come from? You would, get, it, 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 you would suffer some consequences if you didn't obey. And so uh, what they said, they were serious about what they saying. So, so the doctrine of the and was, they know, I know God said, goes all the way back and say, you know, when God told Adam and Eve, don't eat off the tree, don't eat off the tree. All the other fruits you can eat off, but the one that's in the midst, don't eat off of that. Here come the devil in the form of a serpent and say, yeah, I know God said, don't eat off the tree, but, he didn't really mean that. He didn't really mean that. He, you you could eat off the tree. And they listened to the serpent, and they ate off the forbidden tree. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know this morning, if God said it, God mean it. He mean for us to do it. He mean for us to practice it. He mean for us to walk in his word. That's what. If God said it, he meant it. So God said to the church of Ephesus, this was their fault. They was adopting the doctrine of the Nicolaita. The thing that's saying that uh, uh, you know these things—if you don't do them—they will not affect your salvation. You can you can still be saved and uh, do wrong things. You can still be saved and not live a Christian life. This was the adoption. Oh, God is love. Yes, yeah, sure, God is love, but He He got enough love. If we disobey Him, then He we can lose our soul. Now, God meant what He said. Listen to the rest of the verse. He that has the ear, let let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. And to him that overcome what I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I want you to know that God means exactly what he said. If God said it, he meant it. And that settles it. So Ephesus was having a problem with that uh, and and what God was saying. Look at, let's go to another scripture, if you will, Uh, the book of St. John. St. John, the 14th chapter. Uh, Listen to what the Lord is saying there. St. John, the 14th chapter. If God said it, he means it. Uh, St. John, the 14th chapter, looking down at verse number 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. You, you think God just saying something to just be saying something. God means exactly what he said. If you love me, do what I ask you to do. You know, and God knows, like he told the church of Ephesus, he knows that people are trying and, and giving it their best shot. And you know the people that are not really giving it their best shot, they, 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 they're not even trying. God knows when you're trying and when you're giving it all you got. Now, that's not to say that we won't make mistakes in life. God knows we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail sometimes, flat on our face. God knows that. But some people are not trying. And this is what the doctor of the Nicolette was saying. They wasn't even trying to did wrong. They didn't care. God knows it's not going to bother our salvation, but that's not what God meant. That's not what he meant. That's not what he meant at all. So he said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is what the Lord said. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now look at verse number 21. Skip down to verse number 21. He said, he that has my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me, and he shall he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. God is serious about his word. Brothers, you have to strive to keep the sins of God. It's very, very important that we obey God. Obey God, brothers and sisters. And Some, you, sometimes you may have to, as I say, you may have to fast and pray to make the flesh. See, the flesh is the most contrary part about us. Our flesh wants to do what the flesh wants to do. And so sometimes to bring our flesh under subjection to the word of God, you have to go on fast and, and, and pray and get strength to bring your body, your flesh, in alignment with the word of God. So he said, he that has my commandment, he that, he that has my commandment and keep them. He, he really meant for us to do it. He really meant for us to try all that we can. Give it your best shot. Amen. Somebody said, do the best and God will help you with the rest. Some of us are not doing our best. We're just doing something. But that's not your best. We can do better. God knows we can do better. And this is what he told the church of Ephesus. He said, I know your word. God knows those of you that are truly trying. God knows, he knows those of you that are not doing what you ought to do. God knows. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows what I'm capable of doing. He knows what I can and what I can't do. Sometimes I talk about, Lord, I just can't do it. Well, God knows what I can't do. And God knows what I can and God's going to push you and I to do what we know that we can do, and then God will do the rest. He that has my commandments and keep them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. And everybody wanna be loved of God. Oh, sure, you want God to feel proud. You want God to love you. And I want you to know today that God do love you. He shall be loved of my father. And Jesus said, I will love him. I want the Lord to love me, and I will manifest myself unto him. And, and that's what we are striving to do each and every day. I want Jesus, Lord, manifest yourself to me. More of Jesus and less of me. That's what I want. Manifest yourself to me. Let me experience your love. Let me experience your, your, your blessing. Let me understand what you're all about. When God manifests himself to you, brothers and sisters, it will cause you to live a Christian life. This is the reason why many don't try hard enough to live a Christian life because the Lord has not been revealed to them. They just don't see it right. Now, That God had manifested himself right now, when God manifests himself to you, you will strive, you will do everything in your power to please him because you will fully understand him and his ways. Amen. Amen. And so he said he that loved me will keep my commandment. Let me move just a little bit further. Turn with me to the book of St. Matthew. St. Matthew. I'm almost done. But God is reproving Ephesus about their decline in love. We, God don't want our love to decline. But he wants to increase. Don't decline. Don't, don't renege. Don't back up on God. Let's go forward. Let's go forward and not backwards, brothers and sisters, when it comes to the things of God st matthews 24 and take a look at uh verse number where well, we're going to read down to verse 12 uh look at verse number 10. st Matthew 24 and verse 10 11 12 and 13. check this out and and, and then shall many be offended we're, we're at that point today we're right here at this point today god said many shall be offended you you mentioned Jesus to a lot of folks that get mad. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about that God stuff. I don't want to hear about Christianity. You know, people don't want to hear about it. We're at this point today, and many shall be offended and shall betray one another, give each other, up. and shall hate one another. We are at it. We we are here today, and shall hate one another, brothers. And sisters, we are here. Verse eleven says, "And many false prophets shall arise." Oh, we' are here today, and shall deceive men we have arrived at this point today. they're out there in groves, and shall deceive men of God's people. First on twelve, and because iniquity, iniquity is unrighteousness, iniquity is sin, and because sin shall abound, shall increase everywhere. He says, the love of men shall west coast. This is what God was reminding the church of Epssy about. The church of Ephesus, God said, I've got something against you because you left your first love. You're you're, you're declining love. Your love is declining for me. And so God said in the last day, they're going to be offended. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of men shall wash cold. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today. Don't let your love for God wash cold. Don't let it get cold. Keep on loving God. You you loved Him before. Keep on loving Him. Love Him more and more each day. He woke us up this morning. That's a reason to love Him. He spared us how many times? Counting it countless, countless, numerous times. God has spared us. That's enough to love Him. We could be numb with the dead, but we are here. Our friends are gone. Some of our families are gone, but we're still here. That's enough to love Him. I love Him because He first loved me. And my love for him will not decline. The devil is a lie. Somebody said, before I take it back, I'll add more to it. The devil is a lie. I love God more today. I'm going to love him tomorrow because God is good, brothers and sisters. And he's good all the time. Amen, somebody. So God said, the love of many shall wax cold. Don't let your love be cold. Don't give God that cold shoulder. Don't get to the point that you don't want to attend church no more. Don't get to the point that you don't want to hear the reading of the word anymore. You don't want to hear the gospel story anymore. Don't get to that point, brothers and sisters. Don't let your love decline Oh, because the world is seeing, because the world is increasing more and more. Don't let your love of God decline. Don't let it get cold. I will never have a cold shoulder for the Lord. Because he's done so much for me. And he's continued to do great things. And I thank him for it on today. Don't let your love for God decline. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I'm telling you, they are cold today. Amen. They are cold, brothers and sisters. Let's not fall in that category. Verse number 13 says, but he that endure unto the end. And here's what we want to fall in line but he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I want to encourage you today, brother, so hold on. I know it get hard sometimes, but you hold on, my brother. I know it get hard sometimes, but you hold on, my sister. Don't give up. Help is on the way. God's not going to let it last too long. You hold on. Can you say amen? So he that endured to the end, that's what we're striving to do. I'm going to hold on until Jesus comes. Get me out of here. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to hold on. And I encourage you today to hold on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep your head up. Keep the faith. Stay strong. Keep reading. Hold on, my brother. He that endured to the end. And I'm telling you, I know it's going to be a fight. I know it's going to be an uphill journey. But God, God's going to back us up every step of the way. You keep fighting. You keep pressing. You keep holding on. I know trials are coming. I know they're, they're pressing on every hand. That's all right. Nobody told me it was going to be easy. Nobody told me I was going to just walk into heaven's gate. Nobody told me it was going to be that easy. I know the devil are working hard to try to offset me, offset you, to hinder you. Throw stumbling blocks in front of you. Brothers of the devil don't want you to be saved. But it's your job to tell the devil he's alive. God came. He gave his life for you. And hung on the cross, Bled and died that you might have a right to the true life. It's your right to be saved. It's your right to go through the gate. It's your right, right to have eternal life. These are your rights. Don't let nobody, no devil, nobody come and take your rights away. It's my right. I have a right to be saved. And I'm not going to let the devil cause my love for God to decline. The love of men it shall wax cold. Brothers and sisters, don't let your love wax cold. We're living in the last days. It's going to get worse. The Bible says "Even men shall wax worse and worse. You think it's bad, it's going to get even worse. But I, I don't care how bad gets. is. I, I'm holding on to God. I'm going to hold on to the horns of the altar. And I encourage you today, brothers and sisters, take a stand. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You take a stand. You hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to God's word. Let the world do what they want to do. When you sing a song, I, I, I take Jesus for mine. I don't care what the world say. I don't care what the world do, but I'll take Jesus for mine. I made my mind up. They said my heart is fixed. My mind is made up. I'm not declining in my love. My love is not waxing cold, but I'm going to hold on to God God's changing hand because it's my right. It's my right. And I'm not going to let nobody take away my rights. No devil, no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no drugs, no nothing. I'm not going to let nothing take my wife away. So when Jesus comes to catch away the church, I want to be in that number. And I want to encourage you, brother and sister, to be the same. Be alike. Amen. You want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. The message to the church of Ephesus, God said, you've done well. But you're, but you're slacking. I got something against you. Your love is getting cold. You're taking up the doctrine of the Nicolet Hunter. Believe that you don't have to try it anymore. No, you don't have to work hard. You can just, just be a Christian and live any kind of life. Uh, biggest lie i ever been told. God wants to do his will, brothers and sisters. I pray for you today that you be strong. We don't want God to give us a message that he gave the church of Ephesus. I got something against you. I pray today, whatever it is, uh that the God may not like in my life. If anything in my life is not pleasing God, anything in your life is not pleasing God. Brothers, ask God to take it away. Lord, take it away. If, if you don't like it, you don't want me to be the Lord. Take it away. If my attitude is not like it all, Lord, take it away. Because I want to be, be saved. I want to be right. I want to be whole. I want to be loving. I want to be. I want to be what God said He want me to be, and that's the way you want to be. If we're not loving, ask God, Lord, put an extra dose of love in my heart. Help me to love people. Help me to respect people, uh, ideas, and their opinion. We can we can disagree to disagree. Okay, but well, we're not going to fall out of things uh, over a little bit of stuff that not don't even really matter that much. And so we have to pray to God, Lord, help me. If anything, Lord, uh, is not my brother. It's not my sister, but it's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And if there's anything in my heart that, that's displeasing to you, Father God, we ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we it, God, because we want to be saved. We want to be whole. We want to enter into heaven's gate uh, on, on that last day when you come to take the church away. So I hope I said something to you today, brothers and sisters. I encourage your heart to message to the church of Epson. You need to get your house in order. You need to start back loving like you used to. And and I think the same message is to somewhat of the churches today. So what to some of you and I? Uh, God wants us to get back to the basics. Get back to the way we were. Love him like you used to when you first gave your life to him. You know how you feel. You know how you feel. Get back that way. That's what God wants to do today. Get back to the way you used to be. We're changing. Let's go back. Let's all go back in Jesus' name. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.